Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Control Port Podcast, episode 196. I'm Benjamin Yoder, here today to talk to you about video games. I got a lot of games to talk about, but honestly, I, a lot of these I don't really know how much I have to say, and, and I actually don't know if anybody really has much, much, uh, they want to hear about these games either, so I'll probably try to keep a lot of it um, um, short. Uh, but just to kind of continue on to the on the train that we've been having the last, like, week or two, uh, I'm still playing Solomon Program, and probably, you know, it, it, it's still more the same for the most part, and I streamed it last week too, so if you go watch that stream, you can see the final release, it looks very similar to the uh, the 2.0 demo that came out, essentially, um, but what I, what I, this is the first version of the game that had microtransactions uh, implemented into it, so so that was something that I interacted with a little bit, and, and I've mentioned it before on the podcast, but like, when I do microtransactions in a gacha game, usually I'm paying that money after the fact, so like, like I, I finished like my time with the game. I feel happy with it, and I want to give the developers some money for for the time I spent on it, basically. Um, so usually I'll give them like you know anywhere between ten to twenty bucks, depending on on how much money I, I felt my time was worth. Um, and a lot of times I just would not even use that money. I would just purchase it and then just leave it there. And and because I was already done with the game, I didn't really have any need to to do anything. Um, so this is like the first time I really a started pulling while I was actively playing, paying to pull while I was actually playing, and then B, having a real want out of that gotcha. Um, you know, there's a particular character's set I wanted. And, you know, if you if you look off the podcast before, you wouldn't be surprised. Uh, the characters I want are the Otokodal characters. So um, I got a Prid, I got a Lucico, um, and then I still need Ira right now, which is the uh, the Valentine's event kind of character. Who's like uh, she's kind of like a vampire, but she's got like uh, like chocolate kind of themed clothing and things like that. Um, so I still need to get Ira. Um, so I went ahead and dumped like $10 into it, and I was surprised, I don't know if I ever realized just how much a gotcha pull costs, because it was like $3 to pull, and, and in my mind, that was like, it's like this seems like really expensive, um, but then I thought about it, I was like, I actually don't know how much gotcha pulls typically cost, like, like, I don't play these games very often, I haven't played a mobile game since I played Venus Vacation like almost three years ago, if not longer at this point, um, Venus Vacation not being a mobile game, but you know, it's a gotcha style game on PC that's free to play, right? Um, so then I, I asked around a little bit, and I also posted a question on Twitter about it too. It was like, is, is this is this right? And apparently it is. That is just like the cost of a, of, of the gotcha pulls in the game. So so that was kind of um, I don't know. It's 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 a weird feeling because when I think about what you're paying for three dollars, like any one character you're getting out of a a gotcha pull, like I feel like it's not going to be worth even that three dollars, let alone however many amount. However, amount of mo- however much amount of money you invest into it, right? Um, and then there's also like the, the the pool of characters in Solomon Program right now is pretty shallow. I think, like I said earlier, I, last week I think it's like 30 characters I noticed in there, um, and and so you know the, the, the I, I I have a few monsters that I have not gotten yet. Um, the token and token all character technically being a monster, I guess, in this game <laughs> unit, I think is what they're called. Um, and, and it's just like, uh, the, the, the value of the pool, if you get a character that's like a duplicate is just being able to merge them with other characters and raise their rarity and raise their stats. So yeah, just like when you think about what you're literally getting for that $3 transaction, it just seems like, like a really, uh, expensive prospect. But at the same time, I have to think about the fact that, you know, you're playing this game for free and, and, you know, you're not, 
paying for it up front. So, so like, to some extent, you got to think about that, like, built-in cost of, like, hey, I'm basically paying for this game. And when I think about that, then it's like, well, I can understand the value a bit more. You're kind of paying for what, what you want for the game, right? It, it, it's, it's pretty much a, 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 you know, pay however much you're willing to give them, essentially, for, for the game. So I think I'm a little, um, uh, got a little bit, like, a sticker price shock from that, that, that $3 gotcha pool. But then when I actually sat down and thought about it, I was like, yeah, that's, that's probably not, not, um, wrong, like in terms of, of, of amount, right? Like that's probably about right. Once you really start to think about it. So I think I'll probably at least give them another $10. So even $10 last week. So in 20 bucks in total for Solomon program, I think is a, is a reasonable price. Uh, the biggest problem right now is just being, I don't know what my end goal is with Solomon program. Like there's not really anything going on. Like you can get into these these daily boss battles, and that will also be a way that you can pull. It's basically like a free pool every day, except for you have to earn it through beating a boss. Um, and then whatever boss you beat is the is the pool you get. So I could te- theoretically get Era from from that that thing, and you can also pay in game currency to to fight another boss if you want to. So you can get multiple of those characters a day. Um, and that, that amount that you pay like doubles up every time, basically. So if you pay a thousand gold the first time to, to do a second boss fight, you pay 2000 gold the next time, things like that. So yeah, I just don't really know what my end goal with that game is. So it's, so it's one of those things that, you know, I, I'm going to probably give it another, I, I hope I give it another week or so. Um, so that would give me another, like, you know, 14 hours into the end of the game at seven to 14 hours. Um, but, but yeah, I just don't know what what I'm going to do to, 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 or what I'm working towards at this point, which I, I guess is kind of like the point of a live game to some extent, but I feel like there's a live game typically has some kind of progression. Then you hit the end of that progression, right? Um, this is just like, I can't even tell what that progression is. So anyways, it's, it's, it's a fun game though. I am enjoying it. Um, and you know, if it gets localized, that'd be nice. But at the same time, I've also played so much Solomon program between the beta and the 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 uh the japanese release at this point my god will i really invest that much money in and yet another release of solomon program i basically started that game over three times now at this point so i feel like i kind of got everything i wanted out of that original demo as well it's one of the, the i guess the bad things about you know offering up a beta demo kind of thing is like if you get a player that's just like oh yeah i got everything i need out of the demo then then they they are are not going to come back <laughs> so so yeah um, I did want to talk a little bit about Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury as well This uh, on this podcast. This is also a game I streamed last week, so I'm going to be kind of repeating some thoughts from that. But I think the real, the real thing I want to focus on is um, something that I wasn't really expecting out of the game, but when I started playing the game, um, it kind of made me feel like the game, Bowser's Fury is is kind of missing something. So if you don't know, uh, the Super Mario 3D World re-release um, has a bonus add-on mode in there called Bowser's Fury, which essentially takes that Super Mario 3D World game, which is like an isometric uh, kind of multiplayer platforming game, and kind of re-tinkers it to to be a 3D exploration Mario game. It actually works really well. Like, if you showed me that game was like, hey, this is a, a new Mario game, you know, I think I, I, would, I would believe you if I didn't know what it was. Um, so, so because it's built off that 3d world engine, there's some weird stuff about how the game controls, like get to hold down a button to run rather than just, you know, moving the analog stick forward, like you wouldn't like a Mario Odyssey or something like that. So, so there's some weird things here and there about it. Um, but what I think one thing that I wasn't really expecting to really want to interact with was the Bowser Jr. part. So, so basically this game has, uh, Mario teaming up with Bowser Jr. to st- try to stop like a rampaging, uh, like giant version of Bowser. I don't know what you would call it. It's maybe like a corrupted version of Bowser or something like that. 
Um, and so with that rampaging, raging Bowser, the Bowser Jr. is trying to essentially stop him as well from, from doing that. Cause I assume Bowser has no control over his body at this point, basically. Um, and, and so Bowser is like, okay, I'll help you. And you can choose, um, when you start the game, how much he'll help you. So you can tell him none. So he basically doesn't do anything. I think he just kind of floats around and is, is just there. Uh, you can tell him a little bit. So occasionally he'll go around and kill enemies and, and he'll go and grab stuff from time to time. Um, and then also you can do a lot. I didn't turn on a lot at all because I just felt like that might be like uh, a little too much. <laughs> so, so I left a lot off, but, um, so I, I set it on a little and he goes around and he does things and, and it's kind of a, a fun little thing. But most of the time when I was playing, I didn't notice what he was doing at all. So, so it didn't seem to matter that much, to be honest with you. Um, but what, what stood out to me was the fact that you do have the ability to control Bowser Jr. So you can use the gyro on the Joy-Con to use a pointer on screen and you can go around and like click enemies, tell him to go attack things, tell him to go grab things, things like that. And once I saw how that was implemented, um, I, I, I really wanted that game to kind of use that as a, as a, a real mechanic. Um, so I was like sitting there trying to kind of figure out how I could pair, you know, Bowser Jr. with, with Mario um, to, to, you know, solve, uh, I don't know if puzzles is the right word, but, you know, platforming challenges and things like that, you know, where, 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 where does it make sense to use Bowser Jr. versus use Mario? And I think, unfortunately, what, what ends up being is that despite Bowser Jr. being such this prominent, I don't want to say prominent, but, but he is, he is a, a, a physical being in that world in the story of, of Mario, uh, uh, Bowser's Fury. And, and he is kind of a key character in that. And he, he is literally your partner character, technically. Um, it, it feels like what Bowser Jr. really is, is just an assist mode. Um, and, and that using that assist mode often just feels like it's you kind of giving up on actually properly getting a, a a shine in this game like there's these cat shines they're not mario sunshine shines but they might as well be they're just you know the stars of, of, of this this version of mario um and so like sometimes you'll just point uh, bowser jr to go grab like something and he just kind of flies up there on his own picks up a star and he's like all right man we got that star and like <laughs> like you didn't do anything other than just point at it with your your little joy con controller and sometimes he doesn't he won't uh, actually go and grab it so i don't know what what makes it decide whether he's able to grab something or not um i think maybe it what it, what it might have been and i had to go back and look i think he can't pick up shrines but i might he might be able to pick up um like these cat tokens which if you collect five of those they become a shine as well i, I don't know for sure that's the case this is my 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 theory after the fact um, so, so yeah, I was a little disappointed that that wasn't more of a core element of the game. It was, it was more or less just like, you know, the cappy mode or the, um, the, uh, uh ability for in Mario Galaxy for somebody to use the, the uh, Wii remote pointer to throw star bits around as, as the other player plays as Mario. Right. Um, but otherwise though, it, it seems like it's a really great, uh, 3d Mario game. Uh, when it comes to structure, it's kind of interesting because it, it almost feels like if they took one of the Mario Odyssey worlds in the game and just really expanded it out, but added a lot of variety of environments within it. So it just has, it's kind of like this small open world. You're kind of navigating around. You can also run, um, I forgot it's like Nell Neffy or something like that. The, the, the weird like dolphin, or not dolphin, like, I don't know, kind of like Loch Ness monster looking thing, honestly, more than anything um that you can ride that thing around the area and stuff so um and, and there's this mechanic where bowser turns into the that that big thing i talked about earlier and he'll he'll attack you while you're platforming around I, I i don't know how i feel about the mechanic i really like um there's like these bowser cubes around the area and you can use bowser's like flame attacks to break those cubes and usually there's like a shine or something inside of them but i don't know it, it, because it only you can only 
break them when Bowser is rampaging, essentially. And ra he'll rampage for a set period of time before changing back, unless you go and fight him, essentially. Um, it, it, it feels like sometimes I suddenly get in this panic where it's like, oh, where, where are the, where's the closest Bowser cube? I'm going to stop everything I'm doing to go look for these Bowser cubes, because once he's gone, I can't actually do anything with these cubes. And so, so I kind of felt like at times it was, it was a bit distracting and, and it just felt like I wasn't, um, you know, getting, I wasn't able to focus on what I wanted to focus on, uh, because, because of those cubes, like I kind of wish there's a way to open those cubes without having to have Bowser blow his laser at it or a way for you to trigger the, uh, the Bowser encounter so you could more easily, uh, get to those, get through those cubes whenever you find them. Cause right now at this point, there's definitely ones I abandoned just because I, I happened to miss, um, getting the cubes in time. And, and it was like, well, I can sit here and wait for Bowser to, you know, rampage again, or I can go do other things first. Right. So, so I thought that was a little disappointing, but otherwise it, it seems perfectly fine. It feels, feels very much in the vein of Mario Odyssey in a lot of ways, um, in terms of how it's, um, it's world structure is. So if you're a fan of Mario Odyssey, it definitely seems, uh, worth it. It's, it's one of those things that's weird though, where, um, you know, if you played Super Mario 3D World on the Wii U, is Bowser's Fury worth $60? No, absolutely not. Um, but is, is it worth like 20 bucks? Sure. But Nintendo's not going to sell it to you for 20 bucks right now, at least right now. Um, same thing with like Xenoblade Chronicles Future Connected. Like, yeah, it's probably worth like 20 bucks, but if like full $60 price, if you're not going to play the original Xenoblade Chronicles, probably not. Um, Xenoblade Chronicles, uh, Torn of the Golden Country, they actually sold that as a separate product, which was kind of nice, although it was $40. Uh, when I would say it's probably similar in scale to, well, it was actually a bit more expansive than Future Connected, Torn of the Golden Country. So, I don't know, maybe the $40 was worth it. I think it was $30 digitally, $40 physical, which, you know, physical cart tax is basically a common thing these days. So, so I don't, don't want to think too much of it. Um, and then I also tried, speaking of Xenoblade Chronicles, I've also tried a bit of Pyra and Mithra and, and Super Smash Brothers uh, uh, Ultimate. I almost said, me I w my brain went melee brawl, question mark, <laughs> um, uh, but Ultimate. Um, and I, I, I said this before, I'm not a huge fan of Pyra and Mithra, so I don't really care that much about them themselves being in the game, but being able to have a fighter that can switch between like a, a fast paced, uh, sword wielder versus a, a, a slower, heavy hitting one is a character I really like. I, I pretty much, you know, everybody complains about all the sword boys and girls in, in Smash Brothers. And I understand I'm not going to blame you for not liking that. But I like my sword boys and girls. It's like the only characters I play in Smash Brothers characters. Like, do you have a sword? Yes or no? Uh, okay. If if not, Donkey Kong is the one exception. For some reason, I like to play as Donkey Kong from time to time. <laughs> but but yeah, mostly I'm just like, hey, I'm gonna play Cloud. I'm gonna play Link. Go play that Marth. Gonna play that Ike. All that stuff. <laughs> so so yeah. Um, I've also been playing some co-op stuff, and and again, I, I know these are all kind of mainstreamish games that you can hear about elsewhere. So apologies if you want to hear about some more niche stuff. Um, at the moment, but, uh, but that's just not ha what I've been playing recently for better and for worse. Like, I, I can't remember if I said this already, but like, I, I, I'm behind on video projects. If you, if you, if you haven't noticed, um, I am behind on getting casual reviews done behind on getting actual reviews done behind on doing my research videos. Uh, I've been just kind of burned out recently and, and being able to play these things that are just like, I don't need to write about this because nobody cares what I have to say about Mario probably, but you're going to get it on the podcast because that's what I'm here to do is just talk. <laughs> um, like I don't need to cover uh, this stuff nearly as much. Maybe Bowser's Fury. I'll say something, but I, otherwise the rest of that stuff, probably you're probably not getting anything from me on that. 
Um, but I, I went ahead and finished up. We finished up Overcooked 2, so we got all the DLC done for that. I already talked a lot about Overcooked 2 last week. I think I kind of explained everything I want to say about that. So if you want to hear more about my thoughts on Overcooked 2, go to last week's podcast. Um, we played a bit more Sanctum. Nothing really new there. Um, <laughs> so so we we, we go, went ahead and started up trying to play Apex. A couple uh, One of my other friends uh, uh, wanted to, to try Apex. Um, I think it, I think literally the, the incentive came out of them just like, uh, uh, being into, uh, VTubers who were playing Apex. Um, I played a bit of Apex a while ago. I don't know if, I think this was, the podcast was going on. So I probably talked about it on the podcast at some point. I, I know the podcast was, was going on when I was playing Apex a while ago, uh, years ago, whenever it launched basically. Um, and I never really got too into it. Not really anything to do with the game itself. Just, um, the fact that I, I was not really in, able to invest the time I needed into it. Um, and I wasn't really getting better at it at the same time too. I got to like rank 20, but I had maybe like eight kills or something like that. Um, so I, I went ahead and started playing a little bit of Apex with them and, and, uh, I've, I've been having a good time and I, and I started up queuing up on my own as well, which I probably shouldn't. That's a, a waste of time. But like I said earlier, I need, I, it's okay. I'm not gonna, I can't make a video about Apex. So it like saves me the, the burden of having to make a video if I play any other video game. <laughs> um, but I've been playing a little bit of that and that's been, uh, that's been fun. Yeah, I think I was, I was mentioning, uh, when we were, we were trying to determine a stream game, I was like, I want to play a shooter. Like I really want to play shooters what I want to do, but I don't want to necessarily play through a single player shooter right now, just because then if I finish it, I have to write a review about it <laughs> or I don't have to, but it's very likely that will happen. Um, um, so I think me playing Apex right now is, is, is a side effect of me wanting to play a shooter, but not actually want to complete a shooter right now. Um, but I've been having a good time and, and like what I've been doing recently, I've just been like every once in a while, I'll queue up for one or two games and then just kind of pop out after that. The biggest problem I had with Apex, um, cause I used to play a lot of PUBG. I played over 300 hours of, of, of players unknown battleground. Um, Apex has a long time to kill. So basically there's a lot of shields and armors you can get in that game that even when it comes to like uh, 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 PUBG um, didn't, didn't really have that much expensive, extensive armor. There was armor in the game. You could get higher level armor, but but the time to kill in, Apex, or in uh, PUBG was very short. Um, you know, a handful of shots usually was enough to down somebody. On uh, Apex, usually you have to really load into somebody to tear through their shields and then tear through their health after that. There's also a ton of resources for restoring your health and shields. So you really have to be like put pressure on them and things like that. But yeah, so I've just been playing that and, and you know, I don't really have a lot to say about it other than, yeah, it's it's a good one of those Battle Royale games. Um, it's definitely got probably... I don't know. I think I think it's got some of the more appealing character designs out of other battle royale games that have kind of gone down the like we're gonna make these defined hero kind of characters or or even like something like Fortnite that's a bit more cartoony. Like I, I don't really care that much about how those look. I think Apex looks solid overall. Um, some of the character designs I'm not super into, but but I think it's fine for the most part, right? Uh, I just play Gibraltar all the time. That's just the only guy I want to play. <laughs> so I probably should have other people I can play just in case somebody else starts playing Gibraltar. <laughs> um, you can only queue with one one unit type per per map, so you have to choose different units for each ones. Um, oh yeah, weird weird couple PC issues uh, with Apex specifically, and also um, Dissidia Final Fantasy NT. Like so in Apex, I, and, and this is like. <laughs> 
you know, PC gaming is great and it's also really cool, but there's like these little issues like this that are easy to solve for the most part that but are kind of unappealing when you're when you're just trying to play a PC game. Apparently playing Apex Legends in borderless windows seems to cause problems in certain cases. I don't know if it has something to do with just like the, the, the strength of your, your PC or or if it has, you know, depending on the type of hardware you have or what. But uh playing that game in borderless windows causes it to hitch a bunch, which was kind of weird. And so once you actually play it in full screen, uh it pr- plays smoothly then. So I don't really know. I was able to turn every, like I turned everything to low and it was still hitching with borderless full screen. And once I turned it to um, regular full screen on PC, then it was, it played perfectly fine. Um, and then, and then also I was playing uh, the city NT final fantasy with a friend who wanted to try out the free to play stuff just to see what that was like. And uh, we didn't want to actually like, commit to it at the time. So we just booted the game up with mouse and keyboard on PC. You know, you don't, you don't want to play that game with mouse and keyboard, but that's what we did. Um, and, and the game was just like, lagging horrifically not really lagging but like stuttering horribly during gameplay we're like what in the world's going on same thing set everything to low everything's just stuttering the main screen's just stuttering all the time apparently the solve for that is plug a controller in and once you plug that controller in then the game runs fine it's really weird stuff like that pc stuff is weird i know everyone's like hey pc it's easy now and definitely it is easier than it was like years and years and years ago right you're not really struggling too much with driver updates and things like that anymore i feel like or at least not to the extent that i i feel like old pcs you you kind of struggle with that stuff um but but it is still just like sometimes not the most clean experience to get uh up and running you know final fantasy uh nt or deciding nt i kind of expect to some degree because i'm going to guess that pc version uh is probably not you know, a priority of Square Enix. I, I could be wrong, but you know, I, I don't think they really invested the time into that after, uh, after launch support for the PC release, um, where something like Apex is so popular and big, the borderless windows option seems weird, but again, I don't know, maybe something I specifically was doing, but that was what was recommended when, when I looked into it and I was like, Oh, okay. Well, I guess this is just how I'm going to play this game is normal, normal full screen now. <laughs> So, so yeah, in terms of news this week, we have another, uh, basically, uh, online E3 keynote kind of thing this week or whatever you want to call it. Press, press event, direct, whatever you want to call it. Promotional video featuring multiple video games, not just a single one. Um, and I, I'm probably going to kind of skip through these fairly quickly because I'm, I'm kind of tired of doing these three weeks in a row because we've, we've had multiple events back to back to back. And I'm like, oh, geez, please. It's like we're not even like in that May, June time frame. So I'm kind of kind of surprised that we're getting a bunch of this stuff in March. I mean, not that I'm going to complain that much about releases and stuff. Just it makes the podcast feel a little samey, I feel like. Um, but anyway, so the one that happened this week was New Game Plus Expo. I was a really big fan of the New Game Plus Expo last year. They had a lot of really interesting games that I was interested in. Uh, one of those games that was announced in that expo was Gunvolt 3, which showed up again here. Um, not really anything that different in terms of, of what they showed off this time. I think the release date was given this time, which is or not release date, but release window uh, is 2022. So it's not coming out this year. It's going to be next year. Um, but really the biggest thing I noticed in that footage was that Gunvolt's dash in the game um, kind of feels a lot more like Copen to some degree. Like basically, it seems like it works in two ways. One is you can kind of face through characters, and when you face through them, I think it marks them. Which, if you don't know how Gunvolt works, basically, uh, you as the protagonist <laughs> use the protagonist. I don't know why I use that wording, uh, but you, Gunvolt basically has this gun that he shoots things and that tags them, and that doesn't do any damage or it does very little damage. And then his, his main skill is to be able to shock them once he's tagged them. And so the more times you tag an enemy, the more damage you do. So it seems like in this case, basically, like phasing through the through an enemy will will, will essentially tag them 
and then also they showed um um him like ramming an enemy very copen style which if copen in the previous game basically like had these little jet boots he'd fly around with and he'd slam into enemies bounce off them and then he'd use his gun at that point to do damage or he has also had special skills and things like that so i'm curious that they're trying to take a lot of the or some of the things that made copen you know his unique character and implement them in gunville it probably makes a lot more sense to focus on gunville and the new other new character rather than try to cram copen in there i could see copen being like a nice like bonus mode you know if they're run, running the same engine just throw it in and be like hey whatever you want to be coping you can do that after you finish the game right um that would be kind of neat but i i don't want him to be a focus of the game honestly so i kind of i kind of don't really want gunvolt to be a focus of the game but at least they're doing some changes to to him as a character uh to to, to make him more distinct um, i'm really just focused on the new i forget her name but the new lady with the sword that's what i really want to play in gunvolt 3 so so yeah there's also the new Pocky and Rocky game called Pocky and Rocky Reshrined. I thought this was a remake, um, or at least visually it looked much like a remake, but when I looked at the description, it said it was a new game, so I will trust the description. Um, um, nothing really going on there outside of just being more Pocky and Rocky, if you don't know what that is. Basically, it's like a top-down uh almost shooter kind of thing where you're the shrine maiden in a tanuki and you go and you throw cards at all these enemies and you have like this little uh spirit wand thing you can you can wave at people uh to, to, to smack them around and stuff so i never i never played uh through the entire game as a kid i just played the uh, whatever one was on super nintendo it might have been the original one um i only played that one and then there was a couple that came out after that and then like a, a kind of spin-off title called like i think sayuki and the something sayuki winter something it's on steam you can actually buy it now on steam ps4 and i think the switch as well um i should play that sometime but the, i'm hoping that um the new one the pocky rocky restrained will have some kind of online multiplayer i feel like the pocky and rocky games are definitely like co-op games so so i don't really know if i want to play that single player personally but we'll see uh, the only other thing at Next Game Expo I want to talk about, uh, there was definitely more stuff, but just nothing really stood out to me as something I want to talk about. Um, and this I probably shouldn't be talking about, but Pups and Per Animal Hospital. You know, the only thing I want to say about Pups and Per Animal Hospital, it's probably the same thing I have to say about that one princess kind of mini game collection thing. It's like, I'm glad that stuff's coming on the Switch. I want to see more of that kind of stuff on the platform because it is like, I don't know. I personally have a soft spot for a lot of those like uh, 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 kids games and things like that that end up on the platform. Um, um, you know, obviously there's shovelware and things like that, that that can end up on the platform, which is like more junk stuff. But but this stuff seems more a bit more genuine. Um, and also, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's got a cute aesthetic. I say that, but it's really like, like it's, it's, it's made by, uh, like a Japanese developer. So like, so like, I'm like, Oh, it's like a cutesy anime kind of look versus like a, uh, uh, <laughs> like when I think of the imagine, uh, series, it's like it, the imagine series is probably visually fine. It's just not my personal preference. Right. Um, unless we're talking about the actual Imagine uh, games that got localized from Japan, then it's like, oh, that's that's what I want to play. <laughs> I have like three or four Imagine games over there. Um, but I'm glad this kind of stuff still can come on the platform and it isn't just like completely like isolated to mobile devices and things like that. I don't think I'll pay, play Pups and Per Animal Hospital, but glad they're glad they're trying to bring it over the the trailer was all in japanese i think the logo was in japanese as well so it looks very much like hey just throw this trailer together real quick guys <laughs> like like we don't got time to localize anything just put it together and put it out there 
Um, outside of New Game Expo, there was the the new Fantasian trailer, which is from Mistwalker. So if you don't know Mistwalker, they're basically the old Final X Final Fantasy uh, director, Himonochi. Hironobu Sakaguchi, um, who worked on most of the Final Fantasies up to, I think, nine. He might have worked on some later, some of the ones after that, too. I can't remember, but I know he, he worked up to nine, at least. Um, and and he also worked on, you know, uh, Lost Odyssey. The the one I know most for is The the Last Story. Um, and, and so the Fantasia is a, a Apple Arcade exclusive mobile RPG, so I don't know what the reach of apple arcade is if that's a platform that you want to be on as a as a jrpg i think they said it was going to be like a 20 to 40 hour game so you know not not necessarily a short game um but it's got a nice look to it i wish the trailer showed more of the environments because if you've seen the environments for that game there there are dioramas that they made in real life kind of took pictures of and kind of made them into a real world so it's a very unique look to the game but 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 the trailers they showed is definitely like very focused on characters and things like that. I think it's specifically a story trailer. Um, so you don't really get a great look at the environments, but you do get to look at the character models and things like that. Uh, some of the voice acting. And it looks it looks pretty solid. I, I would definitely consider playing it at some point. Um, but being on Apple Arcade, um, you know, I don't have an iOS device uh, at this point, or at least anything beyond an iPhone 4 that's just like sitting in my closet somewhere. Um, and, and I'm going to guess it'll probably eventually come to Android to some extent, but that's not really... You know, like I said last week, I, I don't really want to play games on my my mobile devices very much. Just not really doesn't really fit into my lifestyle um, at the moment, at least. Maybe someday we can get like a a mobile or a phone with a, a video out, and then we can do some stuff with that. But at this point, not really interested in that. So we'll see. It's apparently coming soon, though. They didn't say give a date, but the the uh, Apple Arcade page just says coming soon. So does that mean so in the next couple of weeks? Does that mean sometime this year? I, I don't really know. Uh, that laid back camp VR game came out. I'm kind of curious about checking this one out potentially. Um, you, you, you can play outside of VR. So it's actually on a lot of platforms. I think it's on PS4, Switch, PC. Um, and then they, I think they list out the individual storefronts for the, the VR headsets as well, but you can play it without the, the headset and, and just basically do, um, little like activities. It's, it's, it's less of a game and more of a quote, VR experience or something like that, I guess you could say. Uh, the Switch version does use the gyro controls, though. I don't know what it uses it for. Um, but uh, Late Back Camp, that, that, that series always seemed like it had like a nice kind of atmosphere and tone around it. I tried watching the anime once, and I didn't really get into it. It just wasn't really what I wanted to do at the time. Um, maybe it's good. Uh, but I think, you know, me being me, me being the dumb old me, um, I think I'm just like, hey, I'll, I'd play this in anime form. It is $21, though, which is kind of expensive for what is probably like a 30-minute experience. Um, but I don't know. Maybe we'll check it out on stream at some point. That'd be like a fun little thing to just kind of sit through uh, for a little bit. And there's also a Bloomberg report about a new uh, Switch release. Uh, you know, I think this has been rumored off and on, but basically they're like, hey, we're releasing updated hardware, supposedly launching this year. We'll see if it happens. Um, but basically it's going to have an OLED screen with seven inch, uh, a seven inch OLED screen on it, which I'm not a big portable person when it comes to gaming, as you might expect from my mobile quote just a moment ago. Um, but, but uh, you know, I think it's it's good to, to give a more more options for, for, for that system. Um, I, I'm definitely interested in it in terms of just running games better. It can, well, according to the report, it can do 4k as well, but I'm not really in a position where my capture setup can do 4k at this time. So that's less important to me, but, um, switch games kind of don't run great a lot of the time. Um, when I was playing that Mario, uh, Bowser's fury stuff, I definitely noticed times where the resolution would just drop 
in a very like Xenoblade Chronicles 2 kind of way and it would just look kind of muddy. Other times it looks great. Um, so, so you know, I, I definitely would be open to maybe getting a replacement Switch. I, maybe like, um, I would say for about $300, maybe I'd be willing to, to do an upgrade. But I think anything over $300, I'd probably just start looking at saving up for like a next-gen console, PS5 or Xbox Series S, X, um, probably PS5. I would love to to be able to make a a choice. I think I think what I I like what Xbox is doing is just the literal fact of just Japanese games are going to PlayStation Five, so that's where I'm going to end up going, right? Because that's my personal preference. There are a lot of Japanese developers and things like that. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Whew. Anyways, that was a lot of talking about video games. Um, hopefully, we can get back to something uh, a bit more standard next week. I don't know. I kind of feel like this podcast has been a little um too too uh straightforward recently with with some of the news and some of the games i've been playing just like yeah you know what overcooked is you probably know what overcooked is you know you probably watch the next game expo i guess next game expo is a little bit more like more of my niche or whatever so i don't know are my thoughts helpful who can say i don't know podcast i'm here for it to give it to you words <laughs> um, anyways um speaking of words if you want to say words at me guess what i opened a discord channel for the website so if you want to come uh put some words in a chat that that is technically connected with one you can do that um it's pretty small at the moment and i would expect you know i'm, I'm i'm not a big time streamer obviously i got a handful of people show up on streams and and you know about 400 and something subscribers that I, I think largely do not listen to the podcast, um, which is, which is fine. I don't, I don't blame them. Um, so, uh, yeah, if you want to come, you know, chat in there, the kind of the intention of that, 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 uh, discord was to kind of give a place to better coordinate some streaming stuff, especially if it's going to involve other people. Um, so I don't know if that will come true or not, but that is, that is, that was kind of part of the intention. So it will probably be pretty quiet, probably pretty dead, but, uh, but I'm happy to, to, you know, Talk to you at the end there if you wanna if you wanna chat in there, say something about something. I don't know. We've been talking a lot about Sonic games in there for some reason. So Sonic and Danganronpa. I will never play a Danganronpa game, but you can tell me about Danganronpa all you want. That's a lie. I might play Ultra Despair Girls because that's a shooter, right? Um, but anyways, that's the thing. Um, in terms of upcoming content, I'm gonna go ahead and put the casual reviews on hold right now. Um, I did go ahead and basically sit down and start focusing on the Disaster Day of Crisis uh, voice acting comparison video that kind of takes a little time to analyze what I think the goal of of the Disaster Day of Crisis script changes were and kind of the evidence I have of, of what those goals were and, and what was changed to kind of achieve them. Um, so, so hopefully that's interesting to you guys. I'm a big Disaster Day of Crisis fan. So, so I, I personally find it interesting and, um, it's a topic that I haven't really seen covered on YouTube much outside of people stating the fact that it's something that happened, that, that they did re-record a lot of the lines in the game. Not not really saying why or, or what the substance of that is other than just the fact that like the military group got their name changed. Right. Um, so hopefully this uh, gives a little bit more, uh, sheds a little bit more light on, on what those changes were and why they may have been made. Um, so the script is entirely done for that. I just got to do the reading for it tonight, hopefully. And then, uh, and then hopefully get started on the editing. I think I have a pretty good idea in my head of what I want that to look like. Um, so I think it will actually be pretty quick to put together, but I'm not gonna make any promises. Um, you know, obviously I would have loved to have this ready by early March, but I just kind of burned myself out and, and needed to relax. I could sit here and be really upset at myself, which, you know, secretly in my brain, I am very upset at myself. But at the same time, this is not my job, so I should not, I should relax. 
I'll get it out. Uh, my goal is to just release it on the first Tuesday that I can at this point. So I'm not going to sit there and wait for April, probably. Just get it done, put it out, move on. Um, because uh, I just want to, I just want to move on right now. <laughs> I need to get out of this slump I'm in, and and thankfully I think I did r good work last night on that that script. So yeah. Anyways, thanks for coming. OneControlPort.com is the website. Um, uh, upcoming stream stuff is basically gonna be some more Bowser's Fury. We're gonna play through that. I I don't know how much time that's gonna take. I don't know if we're gonna have time to play other stuff on stream tomorrow or Thursday uh, at seven o'clock Pacific time. Um, so so we'll see. I will probably have something planned just in case um, we finish really early. Although we there are still other things I can do in Bowser's Fury after we beat the game too as well. So so maybe we'll do that too. We'll see though. Um, otherwise though, that's it. I hope you have a great week. Bye.